This is the Day Camp Pod from Go Camp Pro, bringing you the best ideas, strategies, and discussions in the day camp industry. You can find our show notes at daycamppodcast.com. Hi, this is Sam Thompson from the Crystal Lake Park District in Crystal Lake, Illinois. And today we're doing a mini pod on e-learning slash camp models um, going for this winter and fall. Um, Endless Summer Camp is the name of mine, and we're going to go into how we got into this. Um, schools are doing e-learning. Uh, parents need to work. Campers need to socialize. So can camps provide the solution? Um, we're going to investigate a couple different models and maybe the questions that you need to ask. So I have with me today my friend Sabrina. Sabrina, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, yeah, so I'm so thrilled and excited to be here. Thank you so much for asking me to do this. My name is Sabrina Hinkins, and I'm here at the Gurney Park District in Gurney, Illinois. And I have been here um, almost 15 years. January will be 15 years. And um, I oversee all the summer camp programs and the before and after school programs. So this summer and school year have been quite a challenge. And <laughs> We're really excited and we're up for the challenge and excited to talk about what we're doing here in Gurney. Wonderful. So how did you determine that your community needed um, an e-learning camp type model? Sure. So the schools actually reached out to us. We um, have a really good working relationship with the school districts here. And they had actually reached out to us and asked us what we are able to offer. And uh, we worked uh, with them for, um, for our programs. And you've got several districts that you have to juggle, correct? We do. We have two elementary districts in Gurney. And then we also have a high school, uh, which is a separate school district as well. Okay, wonderful. Um, I have heard of people doing surveys um, of their camp parents to see if that was maybe an option. Um, and then, um, for as for us, we have a partnership also with the school district um, since 1984. So when they started looking at models of in-person or e-learning and hours and such, they came to us and said, you know, what can you provide for the working parent? Um, and is this even feasible? And they were willing to give us locations, which brings us to some of our other questions about staffing and facilities and that kind of thing. Um, so for me, I have uh, one park building and two school facilities that I'm operating. My park building um, is in a beautiful outdoor setting, so it's great for the part of the day that we're getting to do camp, um, but we had to do a few things to tweak it to make it appropriate for e-learning. Um, what facilities are you in, Sabrina? So we have two community centers. Um, the one school district is actually offering their own in-person learning at the school um, until three o'clock. So there, instead of being in their school space, and we thought with cleaning and storage and all of that, this school happens to be literally right across the parking lot from our one of our community centers. So that program, we just go and pick up the children and walk them across the parking lot um, and into our facility. And we hold our camps at this facility. So we do have a good amount of indoor and outside and indoor and outdoor spaces. Um, the other school district that um, we are doing all day remote learning at the park district. It is in our facility as well. 
Um, and it is in a different uh, community center which we hold camp in. And so we have a, a big room. We also are doing our preschool out of this, this building as well. Um, so it is closed to the public and only offered for our, our programs right now. Um, and we do have a good amount of indoor and outdoor space. This location also has a gymnasium in it, which has been really helpful, especially last week with all the rain that we got. Um, so it's been a real nice blessing, um, but we do have to share the playground and, and alternate um, times when we're on there, when our preschoolers aren't on there. So it has been an adjustment to make sure that we just can't get it whenever we want it. It's a, it's a schedule that we have to work on. Right. And you ran camp this summer as well. So you already had in place some of the, um, all of your cleaning and your protocols and um, bringing parents or kids from the car, or parents coming in co-mingling um, in your community center. I know that's a difficult one um, when there's several things happening in one space. Yeah. Has that been really difficult? Um, no, it, it's just been a different adjustment. And so not all the kids from our summer program are, are here with us during our all-day remote learning. So, but the ones who, who are completely understanding of the situation and it's an adjustment for everyone, but they know we're, we're doing everything that we possibly can to keep the kids safe. I think one of the biggest things was the very first day where parents are used to going into the school or helping their kids because they have all of their supplies and really heavy backpacks and bags and everything that they had to bring with them. They didn't have a back to school night or anything that they can drop off their school supplies. So um, the first day, some of the parents were more worried about, can I, why can't I help my kid? But once we said, no, we've got it. And we had enough staff out there to help the kids. They were completely fine with it. Right. My school district actually provided um, big boxes with all the school supplies for each child and their computer and, um, you know, worksheets and everything that they were supposed to have for the month already in their big box. So they arrived each with their big box and we had um, taped off the tables and had their name places on their table. So they had their assigned seating, they were all ready to go. And then they keep their boxes at our site and only take their computer back and forth to do homework with mom or to have mom check what they've been doing. Um, the headphones were an issue at first um, because with um, my park building, we have two floors, but they're not huge rooms. And so you would have eight to 10 in each room with their assigned seating. So you needed the headphones so that they could actually hear their teacher and not be distracted by everyone else's e-learning at the same time. Um, was that something that you ran into as well? Yeah, um, and right now some of the kids have all variety sets of, of headphones. Some have earbuds like me, some have the full headset with the microphone like you. Um, so it's, it's a mixture and sometimes, I don't know if you found this out, but we also, um, because we can't always hear what the teacher is saying and we want to make sure the kids are staying on track, we bought little adapters that we can plug in. And then it's a splitter that the kid can plug in and we can plug in too, just to make sure the kid's staying on track. And when we plug in, the kids are like, the volume is so loud. It's like up to max. And we're like, holy cow. Um, <laughs> but so sometimes they take the headphones off and like, I just can't wear them anymore. So we have had a few times or when they're doing gym class and they need space, you know, we don't want them hurting their 
earphones or their, you know, or themselves to bring their computer off the table when they're doing jumping jacks or whatever they might be doing. Right. So we do sometimes allow them to have their headphones off, but put the volume on low so it's not distracting other children. That's great. I know for us, um, one of the caveats of the program was that they had to be self-guided learners um, because we could not be tutors or instructors. We're not educational, we're recreational. Mm -hmm. um, and the parents, um, we tried to make sure their expecta expectations were the same as our expectations before we started. Um, of course, some we're not, and then you know you weed that out as you go. Um, but for our our kids, they start at eight a.m. and they go to noon. But every we kept the ages separate, so I have kindergarten and first grade in one facility, second, third in another facility, and fourth and fifth in another. So that hopefully they're working on similar material. And my staff that are there that are just making sure that they're tuning in at the right time or tuning out or recording, helping them to record their responses or whatever, um, are usually on the same page um, academically, even though we're not tutoring. Um, but you talk about the gym class. It is hilarious to see <laughs> random children all of a sudden get up and start doing, you know, these gym actions when you weren't expecting it. And um, But it's working. I, we're in our fourth fifth week right now okay. and um so far so good um then at noon we go into camp mode and do lunch and outdoor activities and and all of that as we did all summer um two o'clock to three o'clock some of them have to get back on some don't um and then at three thirty, camp ends and then we go into our before and after um every school district's different so how is your school difference schedule right now so they're on schedule. Um, so we have one large room and we have like a divider down the middle and we did our best. Um, we have no more than 15 on, on each side. So right now we have 27 kids spaced out in the room and um, the most we can have in that space is 30. Um, so, but one side has the younger kindergarten through second grade, third, there's a couple third graders, and then there's some other third graders who are on the other side with the intermediate school. We have one sixth grader, um, but the most majority of the kids are elementary, which is first, second, and third grade here, and they go from 9 a.m. until 325, um, so we, we have all day. Um, the kindergartners um, do half day, so they go from 9 to 1130, um, so we've kind of made it, and the kids are we at the table, if they have the same teacher, we're lucky that two sets of kids, so four kids have the same teacher. Um, so they are sitting at the same tables, which has been very helpful for, for those children. And even though we have, you know, second graders, they're not always on the same schedule either. So we, we knowing the kids schedule. So basically in the morning from nine to noon is the lunches. Uh, or is the morning time, it is mostly instructional in person or on, on Google Meet. And then the afternoon, some kids have to go back on. Some kids have what they call intervention or independent work where the teacher might ask them to come back on. So the afternoon is more of a juggling. Um, so basically from 12.45 to 2, it's more independent work. And at 2 o'clock, some kids, the older kids have a recess. Um, some kids have more independent work, some have specials, 
Um, so if it's more independent work in the recess, we get them outside. So the last hour and a half of the day is more, okay, who's got to get back on? Who can stay out for recess? Who can just, you know, doesn't need to get back on until 3.15 to wrap up the day kind of thing. So it's a work in progress, but, and we trust who we can tell, oh, I'm on a break or I'm done. Who, no, let's double check to make sure you have all your assignments. So just like you, we told the parents, you have to be independent learners. Um, but we also take pride in what we do. And I'm sure same thing with you is um, we want to make sure these kids are doing their work. Um, so we, we don't do it for them, but we double check. Um, if the teacher sent back a request um, saying, oh, finish this up, you didn't do it right, we'll go back in and say, see, you have a message here, you need to finish it. So we do try to redirect the children and, and make sure that they do stay on track. And the parents will tell us, oh, they're missing assignments. So instead of going to an extra long recess, now you have to stay in and do this work. Um, so that's been, that's been the troublesome because we're getting the comments from the parents who are getting it from the teachers. So we don't have a direct connection to the teachers, which is fine. Um, right. But sometimes we don't always get it till the next day. Um, some teachers have just reached out to me personally and I'm like, sure, we'll, we'll email and here's our phone number if you need, because the Google meets the other day, um, they were down or some kids couldn't get in. So I was talking to a teacher. I'm like, please know that they're here. Don't mark them absent. You know, I, cause I, I take that stuff very personally. Cause I'm like, I want to make sure these kids are doing what they need to be doing. And sometimes technology prevents us from doing that. Absolutely. It is nice that they are getting um, the socialization and they are excited to get there in the morning and um, they know that on a break they are doing more than just watching TV. <laughs> um, so that's yeah. been nice. We don't allow them to be on their computers at all during, um, during any lunch or any break. It's nope, turn it off. That's when it charges and we, you know, don't even touch it. Don't even think about it. Right. Now, lunches, um, for mine, they're bringing sac all disposable prepackaged lunches. Similar, to, or is that similar? Same here, yep. And they need to bring all their snacks. We are not providing any food at this time. Um, yeah. In the past, we would do snacks, but at this time, we're, we're just not. Right. The health department regulations in our areas are stricter at this time as well. So talking about compliance, um, for Illinois, um, I'm officially license exempt, which means that for my state, um, we had to fill out a lot of paperwork. We have safety audits. We have um, audits of attendance and that type of thing. And because we were already um, license exempt, then we were allowed to um, reopen and operate. We did have to hand in a reopen plan to DCFS, uh, Department of Children and Family Services. Now, those of you listening in other states, every state is gonna be different. So you need to check into your state and what your regulations are and what the compliance or um, who you need to tell about your reopen plan before you start. The nice part was it had us really look at a comprehensive picture of our whole operation before we reopened. It gave us all the ingredients and there's lots of organizations that you can look to for that kind of information if you're going to open up. But you have a different model which works as well for how you're doing your program uh, compliance-wise, if you want to explain a little bit about that. So you don't have to be license exempt. You can also do Sabrina's model. Yeah, we are also license exempt. Um, 
filled out the paperwork recently as well, just to recertify because every two years you've got to do that. Um, and so, but we, we had not had to send in, in the plan. Um, but I know in Illinois, the Illinois, um, IPRA, Illinois Park and Recreation Association had sent out and had been working on all of the park districts behalf with the state governor's office in regards to how can these park districts who may not be license exempt, um, how can we still help the community um, we normally do before and after school program and all these schools are, are going remote and some parents can't stay at home. So I know the state and of Illinois had come out with as long as the children are remote learning um, and the schools are not open, then we can hold our program as, as this. Um, but once the schools go back to remote learning, we will not be able to continue this program, or once the schools go back to in-person, I'm sorry, um, we will not be able to continue this program without being a licensed facility. Wonderful, yes. I know uh, several places, because of the structure of their school district, were able to just do three-hour programs or half-day programs, and then they didn't have to go through um, as much of the licensing stuff as well. Um, internet access at my park district building I had to we had to up it and pay for the upgrade monthly um, because we never know week to week what the school district is going to change to in the next quarter um, and I know we're starting to run out of time so as the weather gets cold uh, for me that's going to be hard um, my gyms at my schools are full of furniture and we're going to need a large motor space um, so I'm working with the school district on that um, we also have band which my fifth graders are in band. And so they're actually doing band in an old concession stand that is beside my park building. And it was for sled hill. So we actually have a heater that they need to get to work again so that we can still hold band in the winter in that building. Um, going forward, Sabrina, what do you think your future looks like? Are there glitches coming up that you need to resolve? Um, right now, it's just more of learning their kids' schedule. We're very fortunate that we do have indoor and outdoor space. So I just hope that the weather holds up. And when it gets too much, too cold, that the kids are hopefully back in school um, or some sort of in-person learning. But I just see, I see a lot of, when I look at the Zoom calls, I, I just, I just feel for the children. It's a lot of them are focused um but i know there's a lot that that do need that extra support um even families that i hear from that are at home so i think just finding ways to support these families in our community um is our biggest challenge moving forward is what else can we do to help them absolutely and we don't know what the future holds holds we're just adapting with the community and the situation and if you're uh, planning on um, looking into starting a program like this um, you're we're you're welcome to call us we're both welcome to tell you the questions that we asked and the procedures we went through but there's a lot of different models out there and it's all very specific to where you live and what you're doing so Thank you, Sabrina, for coming on. That was great to talk to you. Thank you for having me. Good luck with the rest of the school year. Thanks. Same to you. Thanks. Have a great day. Thanks, you too. This has been a mini pod. Uh, stay tuned next week for a full podcast and look for more mini pods on different subjects throughout the year. The Day Camp Podcast is brought to you by Go Camp Pro and the Go Camp Pro Podcast Network. 
find a podcast for camp professionals of every age and stage at gocamp.pro slash podcast. Thanks for listening, friends. Hey, Camp Pros, we love that our industry is built on sharing. In order to foster that spirit, we hope that whenever you share an idea that you learn from the Camp Hacker podcast, conference, summer camp professionals group, or wherever else, that you're quick to give credit where credit is due. That way, we can all encourage more Camp Pros to share the tips and tricks that will make camp better.